Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Good morning. That might have been the nicest intro I've ever had. Thank you, Sean. Uh, well, if you've not met me, my name is Pastor Adam. I'm the youth pastor here at Community Christian Church. Uh, it is a blessing to be here, to be on this stage, to be with you on this Sunday morning. Just so you know, uh, if you have children that are in our ministry, I love kids and I love our students, and it is a privilege. As, as a father, I understand that I'm very careful with who is able to be around my kids. I understand the privilege that it is to teach and be around your students. So just so you know, me and our leaders, we take it very heavily. We love your kids. So just know that. All right, second thing, before we get started. Second thing, uh, as, as I was preparing this message, the Lord said something to me that, that I think is really important to understand as we as Christians. And the w- one thing he said to me was, that stage is mine. And I was like, okay. I knew that, but he's like, okay, that stage is mine. And he said, in fact, all stages are mine. And I was praying about it. I'm like, well, this is so interesting. It, we, we as pastors get this, this platform that we get to preach. And, and we look at scripture. We have all these different prophets and all these people that get to be the mouthpieces of God. But it's a big deal that, that all of these stages that we have when we build these churches, they belong to Jesus Christ. Right? He is Lord of all. And especially next week as we celebrate Christmas, this stage next week can be such a powerful platform because it's his. Right? So as, as I was praying about this, as, as, as I was looking at the carol that we're going to look into, you know, as, as you saw, we're, we're in this series of Christmas carols. I was, I was thinking about songs, right? We, we probably all, maybe not everyone, if you don't like music, I feel sad for you, but if, we probably all have a song we love. There's always a, a song that maybe re, we relate to that maybe just strikes a core in us that we really love. And there's a reason for it because it maybe speaks it to, to a message or, or says something that you feel deeply, right? It just strikes a chord. And, and we have these Christmas carols that are written deeply way beyond and some of them are way older than we even realize that have so much more truth in those. And there's a reason why we've been singing them for literally hundreds of years. And so we, as we unpack this, I was looking at the words and un- understanding why we still sing this. And as we you know, carol around the neighborhoods and sing this in our churches, why is this such a big deal? So this morning, uh, I'm excited for us to unpack uh, a song that's been around for quite a long time uh, and has a very deep meaning. Uh, but before that, I'm going to pray for us. Dear Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we can all gather here in your house. Lord, thank you that we have the privilege of being your sons and daughters. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill this room. Lord, that I would not be heard, but the Holy Spirit would be heard, that Jesus, God the Father, Lord, you would be so evident in all that we are about to discuss. Lord, that you would give us joy and understanding and wisdom. Lord, that you would give us thrust as we walk out these doors to go serve you and understand what you have for our lives. And especially as we sing these songs of adoration, Lord, give us inspiration. Lord, we pray these things in your name, amen. Okay, so we are gonna be singing, or we're gonna be unpacking the song, O Come All You Faithful. Okay, so this is an old song. So O Come All You Faithful, originally written in Latin, uh, is a Christmas carol that's been attributed to various different authors, including John Francis Wade, uh, which everyone knows, John Francis Wade, right? He's just a classic singer. Uh, John Reading, uh, King John IV of Portugal, uh, and anonymous other monks. Okay, so this song has been around for literally over 200 years. Uh, and has been written by many different writers. But what's interesting is that it continues to find itself in churches. 
It continues to find itself being a part of Christmas carols. Even non-Christians probably know the words to this song. Is that not powerful? Okay, so this song has some legacy. So let's talk about why this song has legacy. What's the point, what's the reason? Why is this song so powerful? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna kinda go verse by verse on this one, so follow me if you will. The, the first line of the whole song is, O come. It's an invitation. First and foremost, this song's goal and, and what it's trying to accomplish is it's an invitation uh, and it's also a celebration. That's, that's the point of this song. When you, when you start a sentence with someone when it's charged, right, if you have an emotional conversation, usually the first sentence is probably the most powerful. Like, I want, I need, like, you should, you didn't. Like, those are very powerful beginnings of sentences and, and they change the rest of the conversation, do they not? And this song starts with, oh, come. Meaning this song is desiring that you are invited, it's communicating that you are invited to something big. Okay, so um, we're gonna go to, uh, uh, before, before we show this, uh, when I, before Hannah and I moved here, we lived in a small town uh, in Northern California and we lived there for a while and then my wife and I got pregnant and we were very excited about it. Uh, and our due date was mid-January and the town we lived in had a ridiculous amount of snow, like a, just a very silly amount of snow. Um, and so what started happening a month out, so when my wife was probably 30 weeks pregnant, it just started dumping snow, like feet and feet and feet and feet. Uh, and so we're like getting nervous. We had like a 40 minute drive to the hospital in good weather, so we're like, okay, you know, we'll have to plan this out. And then it keeps dumping snow and dumping snow. And my wife is now 40 weeks pregnant and we've had the second biggest snowfall in all of California on the city we're living in. Um, and so this picture shows it a little bit. Uh, so my wife at this point is 40 weeks pregnant. Uh, I'm at this point nervous. Yeah, that's, the, I'm standing on my porch so there's still stairs going down. So I'm elevated and there's still more below me. Uh, I, I'm nervous that I'm gonna have to help my wife give birth in our kitchen, which nobody really wants. Um, and, and so the, the, the reason why I share this story with you is because, there's a smile on my face, um, is because we were preparing for a celebration and an invitation of something that mattered deeply to us, our child. And so I am working my tail off to make sure that we don't have birth in the kitchen. Uh, and, and so I had to spend hours and hours and hours and my family's flying out so they had a four hour flight. I have different siblings coming. Uh, we have this huge announcement that we're about to enjoy and I have to clear a path. <laughs> Quite literally. You know, and, and so one of the cool things about an invitation, so if you ever hosted a party, if you ever had something come apart of you and in your house, you clear a path, do you not? You clean the dishes, you clean the counters, you cook a meal, you get ready for something awesome. And so in this moment, uh, I am smiling because my wife is very, very pregnant uh, and we're about to have a amazing child, but it's gonna take some work and some sweat and maybe some anger to get rid of this silly snow. I literally had to launch it over my head, which was interesting. But you get the point. The point is, is that we are as Christians, as we celebrate Christmas, when we say, oh come, oh come is referring to the fact that we're getting ready for a party. We're getting ready for something that's worth celebrating, and this song, oh come all you faithful, is exactly that. Uh, okay, so we're gonna open our Bibles to Luke chapter two. So before we, we read this, 
Um, l- let me say this. We're gonna, I'm gonna read you some scriptures that you undoubtedly have heard before. Uh, if you've been around the church, it's a very classic Christmas passage. Um, but I think sometimes we get bored with scripture that we read often, and I think that's a disservice to, to God. Think about this. Look at all these Christmas trees on our, our stage. We do that every single year because it's a reminder of the joy who God is. Do we not put Christmas trees in our house every single year? Who ever gets bored about Christmas trees? Pretty much nobody if you're, unless you're the Grinch, right? Like we, we have these, these remembrances, we have these traditions because it's important that we continually go over what God did. And so as we unpack this Christmas story, I want you to continue to look at it with a fresh eye. I want you to see what God did and come and adore what this scripture has to say. Okay, so this is titled The Birth of Jesus. This is in Luke chapter two, starting in verse one. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken to the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Intentional pause. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Okay, there's a lot going on in this passage. Uh, A lot of things to unpack. Uh, One of the crazy things that's happening here is the character Joseph, and we're gonna come back to Joseph because I feel bad for Joseph in a lot of ways. He went through a lot of difficult things, but we're gonna come back to Joseph. But but what's happening here, imagine this. You're pregnant. It happened miraculously. Your husband who's pledged to be married to you is taking you with him on a, a very unfortunate census that really wasn't that helpful to them. So you're stressed. There's a lot going on in your mind, in her body. She's probably not feeling 100%. You know, she's got so much that are pulling on her brain, her body. She's, she's stressed. Joseph, her, hus- her soon-to-be husband, is stressed because he's trying to figure all this out. He's confused as to why she's pregnant. Uh, there's all these things that are happening. You can imagine the amount of emotional weight they were feeling in that moment. Crazy, right? Okay, so we're gonna go to Luke chapter two, uh, picking up in verse eight. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you, and you will find a baby wrapped in in cloth, cloth in a manger. So we have this story where there's an invitation still. Oh, come. So we have this invitation where God chooses to send his angels to these seemingly random um, people that are watching sheep, like shepherds that have this job of watching all this. And it says they're terrified. I don't know what your experience is with angels. Uh, I've had some weird ones and maybe that's a story for another time. But they're not cute. They're not necessarily always blonde with blue eyes with a nice glowing white robe that are just like ready for a hug. Uh, and and we, we, we can kind of deduce this because we see it multiple times in scripture that every time an angel appears it says the person is terrified. 
right? And not only that, but we have these shepherds who have a very difficult life. They're isolated. They have to fight off lions and bears to protect their sheep. They live in the wilderness. They, they, they're not around Kroger, right? So like, you can imagine these people are pretty hardened, okay? So they, they've been around some difficult things, and these angels up here, and it says they are terrified, shaken in their boots. Okay, so we have something scary here, something powerful, something mighty. We have this angel that appears and says, you're invited. Come. I've got something cool to show you. Please come to this party that I want you to be a part of because you matter. Like you, you are something that is worth it and I care about you, please come. And these are God's messengers. So, so those are the first, oh come. So the second, the second line is all ye faithful. So we have come, we have the, the start, we have all ye faithful. Okay, so we are going to pop over to the book of Matthew uh, starting in verse one. So this is Matthew one starting in verse 118. It's titled, Joseph Accepts Jesus as His Son. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. These are big words, listen. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Before we keep going, let's pause for a second. Joseph is an honorable man. He was thrown under the bus. A girl he was supposed to get engaged to or, and get married to all of a sudden becomes pregnant. Very scandalous, scandalous now, but especially a scan, scandalous then. And he has the honor to follow the law and, and decides that he's going to honor her even though he's probably very emotionally disturbed, probably very sad, feels very hurt, feels very betrayed. You can imagine what that would feel like. Decides that he's going to honor God and the law and his, his woman that he was going to marry by honoring her and divorcing her quietly. Whoops. So, so you can imagine, th- th- this guy is a stand-up guy. If I had a daughter, I would want him to marry my daughter. So it says then in chapter tw- uh, verse 20, it says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as a home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give her the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. What a dream. Man, I've had some stress dreams. I think we probably all had some stress dreams, but what a dream. And, 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 and Joseph responds in 22, it says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. What a guy. But he did not consummate their marriage until, he, until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. How cool of a story is this? If we like really put our shoes, or put ourselves in the shoes of Joseph, how faithful is that? Oh, come all ye faithful. Faithfulness and obedience lead to joy. 
And Joseph and his faithfulness and his obedience lead to something, the greatest thing that ever happened to all of humanity because of his faithfulness. So it was an invitation, obedience and faithfulness. And we wrote a song about it because it's awesome because it's cool, because it's, it's exciting, because it's worth celebrating, because it's not normal. It's beyond the average person. All these things are so amazing. Uh, and, and so we're gonna go on. So, oh come all you faithful, and this is one of my favorite lines, joyful and triumphant. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna open our Bibles to Luke 15. Uh, in Luke 15, chapter, or Luke 15, verse three, it says this. Then jo- Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts, on, puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there, is, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. This is, the, this is one of those passages, which there are many, 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 many in the Bible, uh, that let us into the window and, and understand the character and nature of who God is. Right? He is rejoicing. He, we, we see that God rejoices and is triumphant in his victories, and not only is he happy and excited about it, but he also throws a celebration. And we see this shepherd who finds the lost, and what does he do? He calls his friends, he calls his neighbors, and they have a party about the lost one. And as we sing this song, O Come All Ye Faithful, joyful and triumphant, those are heavy words too. Joyful and triumphant meaning Jesus came to defeat sin, he won, and we're really happy about it, and we're happy about his triumph. And so as we sing this, I, I know it's really easy sometimes, especially like in the Christmas season, you sing a song and you're just like kind of an autopilot. And you just sing the words and you just know them because you memorized them when you were like a child. But I would argue and I would encourage you that when we sing this song, when we close this, that you let the words permeate your heart because they mean something. They were written intentionally in the beginning to mean something. Like this was not like a song, this is not like a Justin Bieber radio hit, okay? So, so we have this, this slide and we rejoice uh, and it shows delight, okay? So joyful and triumphant. Our next line is come and behold him, born the king of angels. I'll say that again and we'll unpack it. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Big words, okay? So we're gonna go to uh, kind of a spicy book, uh, Revelation, so buckle up, here we go. This is Revelation chapter one, verse one. So it says uh, in verse verse one, chapter one, it says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. This is John writing uh, his revelation on on the the island of Patmos. So I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was like white wool, 
as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Jesus, the depiction of Christ, come and behold. Let us drink in that image because that's the Christ, the Savior, King of the world, King of angels. You know, it's funny, Hannah and I are uh, watching a a series of movies uh, that are pretty, we're watching Marvel, Uh, I'm not outing myself. But, but we, we watched one of the Marvel movies last night, and you know, it, it's really, I, I love movies. I don't, I don't know about you, but movies are one of my favorite things to just sit down and enjoy. I love going to the theater, I love going to Netflix, whatever it may be. It's just fun to sit down and watch creativity. And, and sometimes movies get my heart pumping, right? It gets my emotions twirling. You know, I, that's why we like it, because it speaks to us. And it's fun to be there. And we watched one of the Marvel movies last night. I won't tell you which one, because it doesn't matter. But, it, it, it was so funny because I, I was so like invested in what was happening and then I laid in bed last night and I put my head on my pillow and I'm like, that doesn't even scratch the surface of when I behold God. That doesn't even, the, the emotions, the feelings, the excitement, like the creativity, all these things that are super cool that our world creates. When, when I think about who God is, when I look at the depiction of Christ in the book of Revelation, doesn't even scratch the surface when I get to just behold the Son of Man. And so when we sing this song, come and behold, heavy words. <laughs> That's asking us to come and look at something as terrifying, but as beautiful, uh, you know, something that is shockingly, powerfully, brilliant, brilliantly terrifying, exciting, relieving person that saves you depiction. I want that. That's what I want to behold. And there's a reason why I, as a Christian, and I hope you do too, are willing to give up the worldly pleasures for something so much better, something so much more important, something so much more powerful. All right, here we go, next one. Oh, come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Oh, come, so we have another invitation, repetitive again, for sure, but oh, come, let us adore him. So let's open our Bibles again to chapter two in Luke, uh, picking up in verse 12, it says this. This will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Oh come, let us adore him. That's a word we don't use very often. How often are you like, man, I adore Jet's Pizza? I mean, maybe you say that a lot. But, but adore, adore is a word that's usually saved specifically for something that really, really, really matters to you. Like something that you love beyond this. Like, 
The only woman in this whole, other than my mother, I adore my mother, but I adore my wife. Like I adore my wife. I, I would bleed myself dry right now for my wife without question for no reason if it saved her life. Because that's adoration, right? That's how, that's how we view God. And so when we say come let us adore him, Come, let us have this deep sense of adoration, of acknowledgement of how good he is and how amazing he is, how beautiful and strong and powerful. Like, adoration is a strong, strong feeling. And it doesn't just come at the drop drop of a hat, right? So when we sing these lines, oh, come, let us adore him, let that sink in. Let that mean something to you, because those are powerful words. And then it says, born the king of angels. If you've had experience with angels, we already talked about this. That's a big deal. You know, these are God's God's tools. These are what God uses to carry out uh, a daily basis working of his Holy Spirit. And, and, I mean, I fully believe right now, hopefully I'm not stepping on a ledge, I fully believe there are angels in this room right now as we speak. Born the king of angels is not, that, that's, that's a title that no one else gets. That's the title of Christ. That's the title of Jesus, and that matters. That's a big deal. So come let us adore this king of angels who set us free, who relieves all of our pains and sin and lets us come for eternity with him. So we're gonna close on this. I'm, I'm gonna read the, 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 the whole uh, scripture that we, or the whole song that we've been singing, and I just want you to sit. If you wanna close your eyes, that's fine. Just sink it in. Uh, we're, I'm gonna read these lines, and I'm gonna close us in prayer, and then we're gonna sing it. I, I think it's important that we can let ourselves invest and get totally involved in these things because Jesus uses songs for his glory. And so this Christmas carol, as we wrap this up, this Christmas carol is not just a Christmas song. It's not. It's not just a fun thing to sing once a year because we're gonna make gingerbread cookies and giggle, right? Like this is, this is a big deal. This is a song that allows us to sit at the feet of Jesus. So I'm, I'm gonna read this and then I'm gonna close in prayer. O come, all you faithful, joyful and triumphant, Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you that we have the opportunity to gather in your house. Lord, thank you for your protection. Thank you for the snow. It's beautiful. Lord, thank you for all the blessings that you pour on us. But Lord, we're so thankful for this song. Lord, let it be a reminder to us of how important it is to be invited, that we are invited. Lord, let it be a reminder to us to behold. Let it be a reminder to us to adore. Lord, let it be a reminder to us that we are your sons and daughters and we are called to just be in your presence and obey you, that faithfulness matters. Lord, that, that the faithfulness that you allow us to have, let us sit at your feet. Jesus, we are in love with you. Let us have wisdom, open our eyes. Let us, as this Christmas season begins, let us 
speak to our coworkers, speak to our friends. Let us be a light into the whole community around us. Whether it's a job or a hobby, whatever it may be, Lord, empower us to be your vessel. Lord, we pray these things in the powerful, very holy name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.